0: Fan Junkies Radio is brought to you by FanJunkies.net, where sports meets social networking. over until we decide it is. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no!
1: Germans? Forget it, he's rolling.
0: And it ain't over now. Because when the going gets tough, the toughs get going. Who's with me?
1: Let's go! Come
0: on! Ah! Yes, indeedy, and that sound means that you have found your way to another Frat House Saturday here on Fan Junkies Radio. I'm your host, uh, as always, on Saturday afternoons here at 3 p.m. I'm your host, Frat House Mike. And uh, momentarily, I will be bringing to you this week's edition of Five Minutes at the Frat House, uh, the audio side of that. I'll be bringing that to you in just a couple of moments. Let me throw out the number real quick right off from the start, and that's uh, the number that you can reach me at 347-2375. Three, seven, three. At any time during this program, except during the portion when I'll be playing the actual audio version of 5 Minutes of Bright House, you can reach me at that number, 347-237-5373. Three, three. A couple of things that uh, I wanted to throw out there real quick. Uh, as I have been doing on our regular San Junkies Radio program on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday here at 12 noon, uh, let's take a look at our little tidbit of today in sports history. found this one rather interesting. 48 years ago, uh, in 1964, Paul Hornig and Alex Karras were reinstated to the NFL after an 11-month suspension for, oh no, wasn't PEDs or anything like that. No, they were suspended for betting on football games. Really? Now, think about that one. Betting on football games in in Major League Baseball, for God's sakes, that gets you banned for life, doesn't it? Huh. Well, there you have it. There's our Today in Sports uh, trivia. Uh, Just one of those kinds of things, as happens so, so many times. Just uh, things that make you go, hmm, scratching your head. All right. All right, we got a call. Let me let me bring this call in here right now. And I believe, yes, indeed, I do know. I uh, I've got uh, I've got a good friend of mine online,
1: and that's Mark. Yeah.
0: Hey, brother, how are we doing today?
1: Hey, good morning. Good good morning. Good morning. It's morning for <laughs> yes. me as I work late. <laughs> yes, indeed. A uh, couple of things I wanted to uh, throw out to you. These are non sequiturs for you, uh, just to chew on. Uh, the first one because. We're gonna be opening obviously MLB's uh major league baseball season. Uh you're fighting Phils. I wanted to I wanted to get your take on something. You've got a, a great triumvirate of starting uh pitchers out there. Obviously, uh it's the envy of, of several teams. You've got you know, Roy Holliday, you've got your Cole Hamels. you've got your Cliff Lee. That's a pretty strong triumvirate. Uh, evidently, there's some chatter, though, and some worry, I guess, about whether or not Doc Holiday, is all he's cracked up to be. Is he on decline, do you think, Mike? Um, uh, he got rocked pretty badly earlier this week. Uh, I was reading, um, I guess, versus Detroit, was it? Yeah, I believe uh, it was. Against for like seven them, uh, runs in like only two and two-thirds innings. I mean, it was yep. really a struggle for the guy. Uh, Cy Young, award winner if I'm not mistaken. Is that right? I think so. Yes, yes. Um, does that put pressure on him? Is it too early to say? Do you have a take on that?
0: I uh, I, I, frankly think it's a little early to say. I think the bigger concern right now uh, that is being reported by scouts and what have you that are watching uh, Halliday's performances is not so much that he's getting lit up, uh, but the fact that he has lost tremendous amounts of velocity uh, on, on uh, his pitches.
1: Uh, but in best, that particular is only in the like 80s, right? Yeah, just, it, it, I mean.
0: Right. In that particular game, uh, he was averaging 84 to 85 miles an hour. That is not Major League Baseball type of pitching. And I think that that's what got uh, some of the scouts uh, a, a little bit concerned. Their antennae are up. Uh, because that was not just a one-game uh, manifestation. That apparently has been something that we have been seeing Fairly consistently throughout this exhibition season.
1: So, right, right. That was the take I I got from it. I mean, obviously, this wasn't just a one and done. He had a bad outing. Right. Yeah. Uh, it,
0: it's. It, I I would say that it is a little bit concerning. Um. I still kind of feel that it is a little bit early uh, to be sounding any particular alarms. Um. There have been rumors, believe it or not, that I have heard. Uh, That if it does continue, however, if we continue to see this kind of situation uh, continue to decline or stay where it's at and we're not seeing any kind of elevation upward, that in fact the Phils may, in fact, open the season with him on the DL.
1: Yeah, interesting. Now, you know, the other two um, of that three are left-handers. Do you think there's an advantage being a lefty or you really don't think? I guess the mechanics of the body work the same way whether you're – um, you know, inclined left or right, but I'm just curious. You've got two lefties of of three in that starting rotation, um, again, that I think are enviable to a lot of teams out there when they look at at, at the uh, the statistics and they look at the roster sheet. They say, wow, look at those fills. Boy, they got the one, two, three. Uh, wouldn't we like to have something like that? Uh, two of those three are lefties. I mean, is there something to it or not really?
0: I, you know, I, I'm going to be perfectly blunt. I don't have enough knowledge on the mechanics of the game to be able to state one way or another. I frankly don't think so. I think that you can see um, this type of scenario play out regardless of whether a pitcher is a, a right-handed pitcher or a left-handed pitcher. That's right. just my personal read on it. Um, right, right,
1: right.
0: You know, if there's a pitching coach out there that that wants to jump in on that one, you know, three four seven two three seven five three seven three. Jump in and give us your opinion. I don't have enough knowledge to know whether, in fact, there's any particular advantage or disadvantage. From what I have seen and just from reporting um, and, and watching games over many, many decades now, I would say no.
1: Okay. You know, it's a long way to go. Um, obviously, we haven't even started the season. But, um, and, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just throwing this out there kind of off the cuff I mean we're we're just talking here It's it's not uh, something we're going to uh live by um your team missed out on the playoff seat you know for the first time since like 06 last year they didn't they didn't uh make the grade um I think it was an eye opener for everybody Charlie Manuel all the way down um do you uh, suppose you have the pieces to be in the playoffs this year, or is that going to be something that's going to take all year to figure out?
0: I, for one, do not think we have the pieces. Uh, I, for one, have been on record uh, early on as indicating that uh, I believe that the Phils will be a 500 team. Uh, I think they may struggle, actually, to even win 81. Um, I believe that the over-under... Uh, on their season in Vegas right now is around 81, maybe 82, maybe 84. I would play the under on it. That's just my personal opinion. I'm being very honest and right. very uh, pragmatic and very realistic about it. Uh, right. There have, there are a lot of fans here in the Philadelphia region who, uh, you know, they're drinking the Kool-Aid and thinking that, well, you know, this is going to be like the 83 team uh, where it's a bunch of uh, wheeze kids uh, that are going to be able to make a run at it and surprise a lot of teams. I suppose anything is possible. Right. Um, you know, there's a couple of teams in the uh in the uh division that uh you know, I think it could probably strike off immediately, the Marlins obviously. Um, the uh the Mets are in a rebuilding season. Uh however, nonetheless, uh you know, you got Washington in there who is who is just a monster. Absolutely. Um, and Atlanta is coming on. So, yeah. uh, you know, I think it's going to be a two-way race between Washington and Atlanta. I see the Phils and the Mets fighting for third and fourth. With the possibility of either one of them ending up in either one of those spots in three or four. It uh, wouldn't surprise me in the least if the Phillies ended up in fourth.
1: Yeah. Now, I mean, do you see them in that one, uh, that that scenario of maybe a one game, uh, like we saw last year, a one game playoff round, right? Remember? You yeah. talked about that uh, somewhat disparagingly. I mean, do you see maybe the Phillies hooking in that way? Even? No.
0: No, I do. Uh-huh. I, I do not. No. An 81 and 81, 81, even an 82 and 80, uh, even an 84 and 78 season is not going to get you that second wild card.
1: Okay. I wanted to uh, switch gears real quick. Let's talk something else fast uh, because I know you've got a show to do here. Um, We've got the... uh, Obviously, the NASCAR. I'm I'm getting involved in NASCAR. I'm still learning about it. Uh, but today, of course, we've got the Nationwide uh, Series race going on at Bristol yep. uh, Motor Speedway down there in Tennessee. Now, uh, I've been kind of following a little bit here, and Kyle Busch, I believe, had the last uh, lead in the race. Now, that's your guy, Kyle Busch. Yeah. Um here's My question, you know, th- he's going to run Nationwide today, and obviously, he's going to turn around and run for the Sprint. Uh, Cup Series tomorrow, um, and again I'm learning. So, and we're just talking. You know, I'm not asking you as an expert, but do you think do you think there's a lot? I would think there's got to be a lot of pressure in doing back-to-back races on a Saturday. I mean, all the marbles, uh, high intensity, uh, a lot of stress, and then you turn around tomorrow and you're going to run that same track. You're going to run another race. Uh, holy crow! Dude, I, I, how do these guys do it? How do yeah, they it's, do
0: it? it's it's a great question. I've often wondered the same thing myself because it takes uh, it, to me it's a tremendously stressful situation huh. behind the wheel think. of a car, and particularly when you're at a place like Bristol, which is a half mile short track. Uh, and as Sidekick pointed out, as you're going to hear in uh, the, the rebroadcast of the program that I'm going to put on here shortly uh, from five minutes at the frat house, Sidekick, uh, you know, put the descriptor in there. I thought it was perfect uh when you 're running at Bristol, imagine it being two city blocks and you 're running at about one hundred and eighty miles an hour through two city blocks uh and then you throw in forty cars all doing the same thing it 's got to be a tremendously stressful thing however uh a lot of these uh a lot of the pro circuit uh, guys uh, obviously run in both races both nationwide and uh and the spring Cup series. Kyle is not the only one. Uh, Kurt does right. it as well. Carl Edwards does. Uh, you name it. They all. A lot of them are all are all running in both of those. And there Absolutely. is no one. There is right. no Kevin one
1: Kevin Harvick r- was the early leader, and of course he runs on both sides. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: And there is no one that run that races more than Tony Stewart. Tony Stewart races not only uh, not only uh, stock cars. Uh, th- that guy'll go out. He he he'll run a he'll run an Indy car. He'll go out and run those uh, those dirt uh, cars. The uh, the the what do they call them? The sprint the the sprint cars. So mm-hmm. uh, this guy races constantly, uh, and that's just you know I guess it's just the makeup of some of these guys. You know mercifully they don't have to. A lot of them aren't getting underneath the hood. Their job is strictly to sit in that car and steer it.
1: Yeah, right.
0: You know they're not doing they're not doing both. Both sides of the uh both sides of the uh, of the work on it they're not having to necessarily deal with anything in the crew, although somebody like Kyle uh i think what makes Kyle a very very good driver is that that guy knows his car uh unlike some of the other drivers um and I'm not saying that they're ignorant, but I'm saying that a lot of the other guys are simply drivers they're driving the car uh you know they can sense when there's an issue they can sense when there is a problem. Frequently, however, though Kyle can actually diagnose the problem, and I think that's what makes him a really special driver because when you can have that kind of communication with your crew uh, before you even hit pit road and be able to say to them, I think this is the issue, that's that's an outstanding advantage.
1: Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. All right, dude, that's great. I'll let you go. We got a right, show coming up is just outrageously good, so I'm Thank gonna you. let you go and have at it, and uh, we'll talk again. You got it, man. All right, dude. Thanks for calling. You
0: bet. Ciao. alright 3, three seven five three seven three, and that's how you climb in with me if you want to uh, jump in on anything at all. And here's the deal, folks. Uh, I'm staying with you as long as you care to participate. You want to jump in and give me a holler about anything on your mind, I'm going to throw a few things at you in just a couple of moments that are on my mind. Um, perhaps things that uh, would uh, fuel your interest or provide fodder for conversation. Uh, I'm going to throw a few things at you in just a couple of moments here, um, but anything at all, just as uh, uh, as my good buddy Mark did there, uh, if you've got anything on your mind at all, I'm more than happy to uh, chat with you about it here on this, well, well from the frat house here, it's a rather gloomy, snowy afternoon after a beautiful day we had yesterday of almost 50 degrees. Uh, yeah, we've got a little winter precept going on here at the frat house, uh, but Hey, listen. Tomorrow is St. Patrick's Day and that means that we are getting closer and closer to springtime as we can all tell. Let's get you up to date real quick on what's going on right now in the world of live sports. We've got a couple of NHL games going on right now. Uh in the third period, uh about 12 minutes uh, remaining in that uh in that third period, uh the Bruins are up on top of the Capitals uh 4 to 1. Uh the Penguins, holy smokes, putting it to the Rangers right now in the third period with about 8 minutes remaining. In the third period, the uh, Penguins are beating the Rangers 3-0. to zero. Uh, The Sabers and the Senators right now, well, that puck just dropped, I believe, just a couple of moments ago as we went on the air, about about 15 minutes ago as we went on the air. Uh, and right now, there, there is no score there. Uh, similarly, no score uh, right now uh, between the Minnesota Wild and the Colorado Avalanche as that puck has just recently dropped about uh, five minutes ago there as well uh and we got a whole bevy of games coming up uh later on uh this evening uh seven o'clock seven thirty eight o'clock and into the uh, west coast time zones later on at ten and ten thirty whole bunch of games going on um wow this is a big 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 weekend for college basketball as well one of my favorite times of the year and in fact might be uh just about one of my favorite events Uh, in sports all year long is coming up, uh, and that's the NCAA tournament. And tomorrow we will have Selection Sunday taking place, as all of the conference tournaments will be finishing up uh, either today or tomorrow. A lot of them will be finishing up tomorrow. Some conference tournaments actually finished up last weekend, some of the smaller ones. Uh, But right now, I mean, you've got action going on in the ACC, in the SEC, in the Big Ten, in the Atlantic Ten. Um, also in the, uh, 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 the, uh, Big 12 and, um, or yeah, the Big 12 and also the, uh, the PAC conferences, the PAC 12 conference, the Big West conference, the Big Sky conference, all of their tournaments are going on at this particular, uh, at this particular time. Uh, we do have a couple of finals for some games that, uh, are taking place today. I think most of these are probably semifinal, uh, games in their, uh specific conferences uh over in the American East conference uh already finished up today Albany uh beat Vermont uh 53 to 49 in the conference USA conference uh Memphis number 20 ranked Memphis uh beat Southern Miss 91 to 79 and that game went to two overtimes in order for them to do that one uh in the ACC uh, this game is ongoing. There's about a minute and a half remaining uh, in this particular game. Uh, you've got North Carolina State going up against number nine, the Miami Hurricanes. Uh, right now, Miami is on top in that game, eighty-one to seventy-one. In the SEC, number thirteen, Florida uh, going up against Alabama, uh, and right now, uh, Florida is ahead of Alabama, sixty-one to fifty-one. In the Atlantic Ten. Uh, number ranked uh, number 16th uh, ranked Saint Louis is beating Butler right now 55 to 45. Uh in the Big 10 tournament right now, number uh 3, uh Indiana going up against number 22 Wisconsin and right now Wisconsin has got a 1 point lead on Indiana 50 to 49 with about 8 minutes remaining in the, in that particular game. Uh and those are the games that we have going on uh, currently, those are games that are currently live, uh, later on in the A-10, you're going to have, uh, number 25, VCU, going up against UMass, uh, that's a four o'clock tip-off. Uh, what else do we have that's of interest, uh, in the Big Ten, uh, tournament, uh, at four o'clock, you will have number eight, Michigan State, going up against number 10, Ohio State. That should be a good game. Uh, and all of these are leading up to, uh, Selection Sunday, which will be taking place tomorrow at 7 o'clock. You can bet I will be tuning into that one. Just for fun, what's happening in Major League Baseball as we inch closer and closer, uh, as as Mark pointed out, as we inch closer and closer to the beginning of uh, opening season, opening day, uh, I think just in about 14, uh, 14 days from now, I believe, just about two weeks. Uh, and over in the Grapefruit League, uh, the Phils right now are uh beating up on the uh New York Yankees 7-0. Uh in the that's actually a final. That game is a final. In the bottom of the seventh, the Pirates and the Twins are 1-1. Also in the bottom of the 7th, the Orioles uh 2-1 over the Blue Jays. Uh in the bottom of the 8th, the Tigers are up 3-0 over the St. Louis Cardinals. Top of the 8th, Red Sox are beating the Tampa Bay Rays 5-2. Also in the top of the eighth, the Marlins right now are in front of the New York Mets, 3-2 as well. And I think that brings us pretty much up to date with what's happening right now live. As I pointed out, tomorrow is Selection Sunday. Uh one of uh, as I pointed out, one of my favorite events of the entire year is the NCAA tournament. Um and uh Just a a, a comment that I'll throw out there, a question I guess I've got, uh, how the bracket will break down. And that's always what's intriguing. And, you know, I think this particular year, uh, particularly intriguing. Uh, Head coach Mike Krzyzewski made the comment uh, last week. uh, Mike Krzyzewski from the uh, Duke Blue Devils made the comment uh, last week that this year in particular, nothing would surprise him. And that's absolutely true when you take a look at it. And when you've taken a look at the particular season that we've been in this year uh, in college basketball, there has been no premierly dominant team. Uh, There's been a lot of changeover at the top as you've continued to watch uh, the weekly polling and and rankings that have taken place, particularly, I would say, in the last six weeks, Uh, six to eight weeks, anyhow. A lot of change over at the top. Uh, I mean, currently, right now, Gonzaga still is uh, ranked number one. Uh, They've been number one for the past couple of weeks. Gonzaga, of all teams, who would have thunk this one? Duke, number two. Indiana, number three. Louisville, number four uh, in the current uh, rankings and standings at this point. Now, obviously, you know, how the bracket is going to shape up, a lot of that is going to be determined by how the conference tournaments will finish up because obviously anybody who wins in their conference tournament gets an automatic bid into the NCAA and into the tournament. So uh, the folks that are going to be putting together the bracket tomorrow, I mean literally on the spot as things conclude, uh, incredible job that they have to put together a field of 68 teams uh, to actually make up that bracket. But let's talk for a moment about the number one seeds. You get four number one seeds off the bracket. Now, it seems to me, automatically, the Duke Blue Devils are a number one seed. Uh, you, you, uh, how could they not be? All right, Duke has been in, in, in the top of the polls for many, many weeks now, probably going back close to, uh, to New Year's Day. How could you not give Duke uh, a, a number one seed? And here's the thing with Duke. Duke has been consistent. All right, They have not been one of these teams that has been at the number one spot and then all of a sudden drops all the way down and you know then has to fight their way back to getting up to uh, near the number one spot again. They have been consistently up in the top four, top five now for many, many weeks. So it seems to me Duke has got to be one of the four number ones. It would also seem to me Indiana should probably as well be another number one. Now, And for the same exact reason that I, that I give for Duke. Indiana has been a consistent player. And so, therefore, you would have to give some nod to Indiana as being one of those four number ones. After that, it starts to get a little muddied. And I'm not quite sure where it's going to go. And I think that's what's going to make tomorrow particularly intriguing. Where do you go as far as the other number ones? Do you wait until all of the conference tournaments are finished? and you determine it from there. As we've seen, uh, a lot of times, somebody can win a conference tournament, uh, but not necessarily deserve getting a uh, a, a number one seed. Uh, you know, for for gosh sakes, we already know that uh, a couple of teams that uh, are automatically, by virtue of winning, uh, a couple of their uh, conference tournaments just last week, uh, a couple of teams that have already made it into the bracket, they'll automatically get a bid uh, on the bracket. Uh, include the uh, include Florida Gulf Coast uh, University. You're sitting there scratching your head and going, "Who? Yeah, Florida Gulf Coast University. Uh, they won their conference tournament." Belmont uh, Bruins uh, automatically will get a, uh, um, a a a bid, I believe. Uh, but how about the 15 and 20 Liberty Flames? Yeah, the Liberty Flames won their conference tournament. Last weekend, by virtue of that, will automatically get a bid to the bracket, to the field of 68, with a record of 15-20. and 20. Now, something doesn't seem quite right about that, but uh, the rules are the rules, and, you know, nonetheless, because of the fact they won their conference tournament, they'll make it onto to the bracket. Question, who should be, who could be, who will be the other number ones if Duke gets a number one seed and if Indiana gets a number one seed? Should Gonzaga get a number one seed? There's a lot of rumor out there Gonzaga will not, despite the fact right now they are ranked the number one team in the country, have been for the past two weeks. Rumor is Gonzaga will not get a number one seed. Something doesn't seem quite right about that. However, when you start taking a look at things like RPI standings, and when you start taking a look at things like strength and schedule, then in fact maybe it becomes a little clearer as to why perhaps maybe they should or they shouldn't. Should Gonzaga get a number one seed? Louisville, should Louisville, who has kind of scratched and clawed their way all the way up now into the top four, should Louisville get one of the number one seeds? How about the Michigan Wolverines, who at some point or another during the course of this season, they have been ranked number one in the country? Should Michigan get one of the number ones? Or is it going to be somebody completely that we're not expecting? Could it be Georgetown getting one of those number ones? Uh, Kansas. How about Kansas? It, you know, it, it, to me, tomorrow at 7 o'clock on CBS going to be just positively fascinating. From the standpoint of watching teams and hearing about teams that, you know, teams that a lot of us perhaps maybe are rooting for that might be on the bubble. I'll give you a good example. My LaSalle Explorers on the bubble. They lost in their A-10 Um, and to me, they needed to win at least two of the conference tournament games. They needed to win at least two in order to be be given real serious consideration for making the NCAA uh, tournament. Right now, still considered to be a bubble team, as they lost uh, uh, in the first round of the Atlantic 10 uh, uh, conference tournament. So uh, we're going to be watching it for that reason, but we're also going to be watching it because I think there's going to be a lot of intrigue up in some of the upper echelon seats. So I throw the question out there to you folks. Uh, who would you put up there as your, well, your number four? Who would be the four number one seeds that you would give it to? And if you're in agreement with me that Duke and Indiana should absolutely get one of those number ones, well, then who should be the other two teams that would round it out and get the other number one spots on the bracket? 347-237-5373. Give me a holler if you've got any thoughts on the NCAA tournament. This week it's been NFL free agency going on. And uh, some teams have really, really made uh, some steps. And some teams, well, I asked the question, are they serious contenders at all? Do they even have a plan? Um uh, You know, you got to wonder. I mean, teams like the New York Jets, who have lost so, so many of their, uh, particularly of their defensive squad, to free agency. uh, Do the the New York Jets have a plan? Uh, Because it really doesn't appear that they do. Uh, Yesterday's, Friday's uh, uh, Fan Junkies radio program, Jonathan and I had, uh, Chris Lepressi on from the uh, from WFAN. He is the uh, New York Jets uh, beat reporter for WFAN up in New York, and uh, we we had uh, quite a extensive conversation with him about the New York Jets. Uh, and basically, it came down to the fact that Chris seems to feel that perhaps maybe the Jets, you know, obviously in a rebuilding mode, uh, they're not looking to really do anything at all this year. Uh, just trying to work towards the future. Take a look at what things. Uh, will look like in, say, 2014. So the the Jets have been a team that have kind of uh, really not done a heck of a lot. Um, you got to wonder what uh, the New England Patriots are up to. I'm not quite sure. Um, you know, there's been a lot of question about the fact that uh, they just let Wes Walker go as easily as they did. Of course, you know, many are going to come back and say, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. They picked up Danny Amendola. All right. Okay. All right. Frankly, personally, I think Danny Amendola is a bit overrated, but that's just my personal opinion. Um, so you got to wonder. I mean, what uh, what uh, what what are the uh, New England Patriots doing? What is what is Arizona and Buffalo doing? I mean, both of their quarterbacks they kicked to the curb. All right, Arizona kicking Kevin Cobb to the curb. Kevin Cobb didn't want to restructure his contract. He was due eleven million dollars. Listen, I understand Arizona for that one. I mean, eleven million is a heck of a lot of money to pay for a guy that you're really not quite sure, you know, he had injury issues last year. But let's make no mistake, Arizona was playing very, very well at the beginning of the season when uh, Kevin Cobb was in there. And it was after that, and after he went down with his injury, that in fact that team just completely imploded. So $11 million nonetheless, a lot of money to pay for uh, Kevin Cobb, in my opinion. So I understand that Arizona wanted to restructure that. Kevin Cobb didn't want to restructure he ends up right now on the unemployment line. How about Buffalo with uh, with Ryan uh, Fitzpatrick? What's, what's, I mean, you're going to kick this guy to the curb. Now, I understand that up in Buffalo, they kind of felt that they weren't getting what they paid for. I understand that. But where are they going to go uh, with this whole move? Where are they going to go with this? As I have pointed out, this draft is not rich, in my opinion. Uh, for offensive players, and it's certainly not a very good QB class. And while we're talking about QB classes, suddenly everybody's talking Geno Smith. Really? This was a guy during the regular collegiate season. Many were saying it would be he would be lucky to be a second-round pick. Second-round pick. Lucky to be a second-round pick. Right now, so many are beating the drum for the fact that Geno Smith is going to go, somewhere between one number one and number five. Now, you know, we see this kind of thing happen every single year. Everybody places the emphasis on the sexy position of quarterback. And everybody suddenly, you know, quarterbacks who, you know, during the regular season were maligned, were, 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 were downgraded. Suddenly, as we move closer and closer to draft time, you just see their stock artificially inflated. And that's exactly what you're seeing right now with Geno Smith. Everybody's clamoring for Geno Smith. All right. We saw the same thing with Andrew Luck last year. Andrew Luck was considered to be, you know, an a- automatic Heisman Trophy winner from the very beginning of the uh, collegiate season in, uh, at-, at the beginning of uh, last year. All right. And then as the season went on and as we moved closer and closer, all of a sudden we started hearing about some other guy. Robert Griffin the Well, who was talking about him at the beginning of the season? Now, I'm not taking anything away from RG three. He's obviously shown us and proven to us that he is something special. But it, it just is it, it, it infuriates me in some respects that, you know, nobody seems to remember. Here we are in the throes of talk of drafts and talks of uh changes in um in staffing positions and what have you on, on, on professional football teams, as we've got free agency going and as we've got the draft coming up in about six weeks, it infuriates me how nobody seems to remember what these guys were being counted as, particularly the draftees, what these guys were being counted as just a few months ago, back in September, October, November, as the collegiate seasons went on, and suddenly everybody gets themselves up in a lather, oh, let's go get Geno Smith. Uh -uh. Ah, come on, let's get it straight. Uh, frankly, I think the early, uh, diagnosis on him probably will turn out to be accurate. So second thing for your consideration and perhaps maybe for your comment that I throw out there to you, uh, the NFL and what's going on right now, free agency. How about your team? Are you happy with what your team has done? Uh, how about some of the players that they perhaps maybe have picked up during free agency? How about the draft? Um, where is your team at? Do they have a plan? Uh, are they making improvements, or are they going backward? Or are they uh, holding pat and staying put? So give me a holler on that one, 347 Last but not least, I'm going to throw this one out to you, uh, because uh, we had been discussing it um, during the course of uh, our regular Fan Junkies program. Um, there was a report that came out of uh, Yahoo uh, Sports, just today, actually, from uh, Mark Townsend, uh, that the MLB, uh, in fact, the headline reads, MLB coming after players connected to Biogenesis Clinic. Alex Rodriguez and Ryan Braun in sights. And so here we go with the whole PED issue uh, again. And we've been talking about this one now on Fan Junkies Radio for, I guess, a good week and a half now. There had been a report that was put out a couple uh, about ten days ago that, in fact, we could expect to see shortly Major uh, major penalties, suspensions potentially, for both uh, A-Rod, Ryan Braun, and then include in that Robinson Cano and uh, Granderson. Um, that, in fact, the Major League Baseball was planning on making a move on this very, very shortly. And here comes the report now uh, that, uh, in fact, Major League Baseball has got Alex Rodriguez and Ryan Braun in their sights And plans on going after them. This coming on the heels apparently of a 100-game suspension yesterday that Major League Baseball handed down to a minor leaguer, uh, Cesar uh, Carrillo. 100-game suspension uh, for apparently being involved in the Biogenesis Clinic in Florida. Uh, The report reads, uh, as noted yesterday, it will be more difficult for Major League Baseball to pin down players such as Rodriguez and Braun for a number of reasons. Chief among them uh, being their protection from the Major League Baseball Players Association, not to mention their personal representation and the overall wealth of the game that supported them. That's a damn shame when you have to read something like that. Think about the words that were used by uh, Mike Townsend in this particular, Mark Townsend in this particular article. Just listen to the words that he pointed out. Chief among them being their protection from the Major League Baseball Players Association, not to mention their personal representation and the overall wealth the game has afforded them. So in other words, Major League Baseball might have a little bit of difficulty going after Alex Rodriguez or Ryan Braun because of two things. Number one, Major League Baseball Players Association will be protecting their own. And number two, the fact that these guys have made so much money and just their own personal reputation now uh, off of the very game that they potentially perhaps maybe were cheating through. Um, This may be the first of a number of shoes dropping on this particular subject as we go forward. Uh, Jonathan and I have been somewhat expecting it, uh, although we didn't know when it was going to happen. I had rumored that in fact perhaps perhaps maybe Major League Baseball was going to wait until after the World uh, uh, Baseball Classic had been concluded, and I believe that the WBC is scheduled to conclude uh, actually either tomorrow or by early part of next week. And so it's very interesting to me that this particular article is hitting Yahoo uh, and the timing of it as we, in fact, are coming up on the conclusion of the uh, WBC. So three things there for you that I'm throwing out uh, for you to give some consideration to and perhaps maybe you want to mull those over. Uh, As I am uh, going to be playing for you here uh, in just a couple of moments, uh, this week's Five Minutes at the Frat House, this is number 80. Again, this is the audio version of it, uh, because Five Minutes at the Frat House is a video production. Easiest way to find that video production. And as I've pointed out many, many times in the past, uh, frequently you may want to go and take a look at these, because while the audio does translate, it sometimes doesn't fully translate because there are things that you need to see. Uh there are some funny things that occur between Sidekick and I. There are graphics that are going on behind us uh as the program uh as we go through the program. And so perhaps maybe you'd want to actually see the production itself. And to find those, all you simply need to do is go over to YouTube, type in five minutes at the Frat House, this one that I'm gonna be playing for you is number 80. You can go there and you can find them. Uh, the other thing that you could do is uh, just go to our website, which is frathousesports.net. Uh During the rebroadcast of this, uh, I will not be taking any calls. Uh, however, if you do care to call in uh, and wait online, uh, perhaps maybe to respond to one of the things that I brought up, you know, your feelings on... Uh, Uh, The NCAA, upcoming NCAA bracket that will be released tomorrow, uh, or some of the teams that might be participating in that. Who do you think the four number one should be? If you want to respond on that, if you want to respond to uh, what your NFL football team has done in free agency or has not done, or what you think the draft might be looking like as we approach that in the next uh, six weeks or so. And uh, what about this recent report from Yahoo on the fact that Major League Baseball, uh, it appears, uh, might be going after Alex Rodriguez and Ryan Braun, and as we continue the performance enhancement drug issues going on in Major League Baseball. do you have any comments on any of that, you can call in 347 uh, 237 During the rebroadcast of this week's 5 Minutes at the House, I will not be taking calls until it is concluded and it has finished, but as I pointed out, I am more than happy to hang with you folks here today as long as you care to participate. As long as you're calling in and staying with me, I'll stick around with you. All right? All right, let me bring to you right now, five minutes at the Frat House, number 80. All righty, well, there you go. Uh, You're you're at the right place. Uh, You're at the Frat House. And five minutes at the Frat House with Frat House Mike and Psychic. And we've had some exciting changes that uh, took place this week, Psychic. Uh, no. for, yeah, for a year and a half now, uh, we've been encouraging all of you to go out to our Facebook page. Uh, and now that's a little bit easier to do, uh, and it's a little bit easier to find, as we've changed the name of our Facebook page to simply Frat House Sports. Uh, to ma- and that's all to match our website. Uh, so now, at yep. this point right now, you've got no excuses uh, not to go out to our Facebook page and to uh, give that a like. All right? Uh, got it now? All right? It's simple. All right? Frat House Sports mm-hmm. on Facebook. Get out there and give us a like. I like this change. I know this is pretty cool, huh? Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know. You've been encouraging it for uh, a while. Yes, I have. Yes, you have. I know. I'll, I'll give you the credit on that we got a we got a packed program here. We got all kinds of sports we're going to be covering and we're going to kick it off as we usually do uh right with motorsports. Um and let's take a look at that one as we've already got uh race number 3 in the NASCAR books uh that just went down this uh, past Sunday uh out at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. Uh and last uh, and like like the week before it it was a fast moving uh race uh not too much drama. Uh, a clean race for the most part, uh, no major, major incidents, and in the end, well, hey, how about this, not Kansas, uh, this year driving the number 20 Toyota for Joe Gibbs Racing, getting an early season win. Uh, others who came in the top five included Casey Kane, who led the field with the most laps of any other driver with 114, came in second. Uh, Defending uh, Sprint Cup champion Brad Keselowski came in third uh, and secured his third in a row, top five uh, in three races. Kyle Busch on his home track uh, came in fourth. And coming off of his first win in 70 uh, last week, Carl Edwards came in fifth. So we had a little bit of movement uh, on the early season leaderboard, uh, but not at the number one spot. Jimmy Johnson uh, continues to hold on to that. Five points ahead of our new number two, that's Brad Kozlowski. And he obviously moved up to number two on the weight of those three in a row top five. Dale Jr. drops down slightly to number three. Denny Hamlin holds on to number four uh, this week, though. He's all by himself. No ties there. And uh, it's got to make Carl Edwards, you would think, feel pretty good uh, to make the top five uh, leaderboard uh, for the first time in quite uh, some time as he gets the number five spot. Uh, and so, uh, this week, where are we going? Well, hey, little different style of racing coming up for you, uh, this Sunday down at Bristol, Tennessee, uh, at the Bristol Motor Speedway, uh, and you can catch that beginning at 12 noon on Fox, and, uh, you know, they love to call this, the you know, the, the old, this is the Bristol Stomp, so you gotta tell us, like, how does this half mile, we're gonna go do a little short track, and how does this short track, uh, change our thinking, with regard to our fantasy strategy, because uh, God knows, I need a bit of early season help.
2: Zoom. <laughs> All right. So this week, we're going short track racing for the first time this season. Yep. Uh, we're going, as Mike said, we're going to Bristol Motor Speedway, also known as the Bull Ring. Uh This is going to lead, some, lead to some exciting uh, racing this weekend. Uh, just to put this in perspective to folks, uh, go ahead, close your eyes, imagine two city blocks. Now, imagine driving 125 miles an hour around those two city blocks. Wow. And, and putting 40 cars in there. Yes.
0: Yeah.
2: Yes. So, uh, there's going to be a lot of beating and banging and mm-hmm. tempers and yep. excitement for fans. So, oh, my goodness,
0: goodness gracious. Not that bad. Yep. <laughs> it's definitely a lot of fun. So, kind of uh,
2: like
0: bumper
2: cars. Yep. So, uh rosters for this week. Mm-hmm. Uh you mentioned Brad Keszalos mm-hmm. Try to say that five times fast. Uh three uh three consecutive top fives. Right. I'm putting him on the list this week. Uh okay. he won the 2011 Irwin Tools Night Race and also won the spring race here last year. Uh he's going for 28 bucks. He's the most one of the most expensive drivers. Right. Um also, I'm going to go we're going to put Kyle Busch on there. Okay. Uh, this is this type track suits him mm-hmm. with his aggressive nature. Uh, he finished second here in 2008, and then won four of the next five events. Uh, he's going for about 26.50. Uh, then we're going to throw in there Paul Menard, back to back top tens last year at Bristol. Mm-hmm. He's going for about 22 bucks, and you know. One one of my bottom feeder favorites, I guess. We're gonna throw in Bobby Lavanti. I had a feeling you were going there. Uh, he's got three top fives on this track and ten top tens. Uh, he's going for about eleven bucks. All right. Then we're gonna also throw in Terry Lavanti, hey. who's got two wins, 19 top fives, and 33 top tens, and Terry. he's going for about eight bucks. Terry's running it. Yes. Okay. As far as I know, right now. He hasn't qualified yet, right? But he is—he is entered. Okay. Okay. So.
0: Alrighty, well now with our fantasy uh, suggestions there, let's take a look at uh, oh, just for the fun of it, our top ten teams currently in the you frat know house. You got some funny ideas <laughs> about fun. <laughs> the frat house fantasy league currently, uh, and well, uh, trust me, folks, uh, down here at the bottom, uh, I promise you, it's—it's it's maybe not showing up there. Creeping but up. Down there. At the bottom in number 10 uh, is our our fantasy expert, Sidekick, uh, who made the top 10 uh, list uh, this week. Uh, Our technical director, Brandon, moved up to number 2. And while, uh, uh, yeah, you know, I'm making fun of Sidekick being down there at the bottom at number 10. Listen, I have made a little bit of movement myself. I actually moved up from 17 to 16 uh, just (laughs) this last week. So, all right, all right. All right, so there you go. Uh, Good luck this week as we go short track, and good luck to all of our Frad House Sports uh, NASCAR fantasy players uh, as we go into race number four. Um, Before we jump off of motorsports, let me just throw out a reminder there about NHRA kicking back up again, because we haven't had any NHRA action in the past couple of weeks, uh, but you're going to have some this weekend uh, down in Gainesville, Florida. Uh, as they get going up with the uh, Gator Nationals actually starting tomorrow. Uh, And you can catch the final round of that, as we usually do right here at the Fred House. You can bet we will uh, this weekend. Sunday night will be the final, 7 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN2. And we'll be bringing the results of what happened there to you next week at this
2: time. And a special note at the Gator Nationals. This is the first of 16 events for the... Pro stock motorcycle and first of the ten for the pro mod racers. There you go at the Gator Nationals. So
0: yeah, they don't run the motorcycles in every single event. This is the first one. You're absolutely right. There you go. Alrighty, let's jump over and take a look at uh, a little bit of football. Summertime football, Major League Soccer, now in its second week. Psychic, how about you give us a quick update on what's happening there? I know it's still early in the season, and we're probably going to be talking a lot more about it as we go through. The summer months, but yeah, oh, sure. you know, early in the season, what's happening over there
2: well uh let's uh let's take a look at the leaderboard um so in the eastern Conference we've got the uh Montreal impact mm-hmm. uh with six points, they are undefeated, two and o oh. mm-hmm. two o oh and 0 oh, I'm sorry, because we do have ties like in hockey, correct, um and the Columbus crew with three points uh are one and one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Philadelphia won this past weekend, mm-hmm. and they're now tied with uh, Sporting KC in right. uh, one one. third and fourth. Right, they're one um, and one as well, right? One
0: yeah. and one and one one and zero actually. Yeah.
2: yeah. Okay. Um, and then in the Western Conference, we have the Vancouver Whitecaps who are seeing at six points. They're two zero and zero. And last year's champs, the LA Galaxy, are at three points. They're one o and 0 They haven't played a second game yet. Two quick questions.
0: Uh, Philadelphia wins their next matchup
2: this week. This weekend coming up, uh, Saturday, 5 p.m. against the New England Revolution. Here? Here, yes. This okay. is a home game.
0: Second uh, thing that I noticed, just an observation: both of the teams right now in both the East and the West are from Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, can we expect a Canadian dominance this year in uh, MLS? Is this something that uh, we're looking at?
2: Um, you know, honestly, I don't know. It's still a little bit early in the season. Sure, I understand. Um, I mean, you know, obviously they're they're undefeated through two games at least. Right. Um,
0: Just interesting but, to me that both leagues right now correct. are leading with a Canadian team.
2: Yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see if it stays that way. I doubt it's going to stay that way. Yeah. And that, but yeah, you know, once we get a couple more games, you'll you'll you may start seeing some things start to settle in that
0: um, okay well so. keep that in mind uh Canadian influence going on in major league soccer huh how about that all right how about a little warm weather influence coming into our sports uh, and it's we've had a couple of really nice warmer warmer type days here at the Pratt house recently uh not today not today is not one of them um but uh, the recently warmer temperatures in the past couple of uh, days just a reminder that we are 16 days away now from the opening of the Major League Baseball uh, season, opening day, coming up in 16 days. Yep. Um, for the fun of it, where's preseason exhibition ball looking, and what's it looking like at this particular point? Well, if we go out and take a look at the uh, uh, the Grapefruit League, uh, you got to think that the Baltimore Orioles are certainly going to be a, a a force to reckon with. In the AL East, that's right now, they're atop the Grapefruit League, uh, league uh, with an 11-4 and four record. Uh, your St. Louis Cardinals, now this doesn't include any games that would have been played this afternoon. I don't have those. But your St. Louis Cardinals right now uh, have bettered their record. They're now at 8-8, eight and eight, and then my fills uh, are 7-10. and 10. Out in the Arizona Cactus League, the Kansas City Royals uh, probably are wishing that these games could actually count uh in the regular season, as they have a fourteen and two record. Cleveland Indians, second place, uh with a twelve and six record. The hyped LA Dodgers, six and eight. And uh my preseason uh pick to win the World Series, uh the LA Angels, uh, they're dead last with a three and eleven record. <laughs> so, <laughs> we'll
1: see how jumping
2: yeah. we'll,
0: cool so, we'll see whether any of this makes any bit of difference in just a couple of weeks. 16 days away, as we kick into that. Nobody's perfect. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. All right. Cha-ching. Uh, okay. Well, here we go. Huh? my uh, One of my favorite times of the year. Tourney time coming, baby. Tourney time. And, in fact, we got conference tourneys going on right over my shoulder over here with the Atlantic 10 uh, tournament. And tell me there's a commercial going on over there, because that's nope. always what happens. <laughs> uh. We're just three days away at this particular time from Selection Sunday uh, for this year's NCAA tournament. Um, Some of the bracket participants uh, are beginning to come into focus already, as we know, uh, because some conference tournaments uh, have been played out, and uh, we know what happens. Winners of the conference tournaments, whether they actually won the conference or not, winners of the conference tournaments automatically get a bid into the NCAA tournament, and so some of those tournaments have been played out, and we've got winners, and we already know that uh, schools like the Florida Ghost University are in, along with the Belmont Bruins, they're in, and uh, how about the 15 and 20, no joke, 15 and 20 Liberty Flames will make the field of 68 automatically by winning their conference tournament. Uh, More and more of those will come into focus as the bigger conference tournaments are played over the next number of days, including the Big East, which I guess now are playing their very last tournament ever, because the Big East will not exist next year. Uh, you got the A-10, the ACC, the SEC, all of these tournaments will be taking place over the course of the next next couple of days, and that will be leading right up until Selection Sunday. Now. Let's take a look, though, at the AP Top 25, which was released on Monday. Uh, Were there any big changes? Uh, No, not really. Uh, Well,
2: Louisville did jump four spots. Well, I was
0: just going to say that, yeah. Uh, You know, Gonzaga sticks in there at number one uh, for the second week in a row. Duke takes over at number two. Indiana Mm -hmm. moves down one spot to number three. And as you pointed out, I consider them to be one of the biggest movers. Louisville jumped up to the number four spot from number eight. Good for good for you there, uh, Rick Pitino. Um Ohio State breaks the top yep. ten board at State, number ten. They
2: bumped up four too.
0: Yep, from number fourteen. K State dropped out of the top ten to number eleven. You got to give an honorable mention to uh, Crichton, who uh, last week was not even ranked, uh, but they landed on the board at number twenty-three. Now some of the more interesting. Kinds of pre selection Sunday conversations that are going on and are taking place right now are which are going to be the teams that are going to be that are going to have the number one spot who are going to be the number one the four number one seeds in the brackets Um, and when you start to take a look at it rumor has been for a while yeah Gonzaga might end up being number one in the AP top 25 but more than likely they're probably not going to get a number one seed which I kind of think is a little bit unfair but if you if you were to absolutely give a number one to, say, Indiana and Duke, who have been consistently in the top, you know, five, and particularly in the top two, three, one, two, three, over the past number of weeks, if you give them an automatic number one, who are going to be the other number ones? Is it going to be Georgetown, Louisville, maybe the Michigan Wolverines? It, you know, it really starts to get muddied at that point. Who are going to be the other number two who are gonna be the other two number ones on the bracket? All of that's gonna be decided at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on CBS during selection Sunday. Alright? Now, next week at this time, that this top, this top ten graphic gonna be gone. We're gonna eliminate that, and that will be replaced by the bracket. Alright, as we'll be taking over at the NCAA tournament bracket uh starting next week. Um and Speaking of brackets, that kind of leads me to where I'm going to next. Uh, listen, you got to do a bracket. It makes watching the tournament that much more exciting. It's always a lot more fun to follow the tournament when you've actually sat there and done your kind of pre-selections or pre on what you think is actually going to happen in advance. And so uh, all of us here at the Fred House are willing to give you a hand with that and help you out. And uh, what we're going to invite you to do, you can jump in and you can join our uh, frat house uh, 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 sports bracket challenge. All right, uh, it's a private league uh, bracket competition and it's open uh, to all of you, all of our viewers, all of our listeners, all of our friends of the frat house. All right. Now, all you got to do in order to jump in on that is got to drop us your email address. All right. Now, there's two ways you can do that. You can either Drop, drop us a, a, your email address at our email, which right now is fradhouseeagleville, all one word, fradhouseeagleville, at gmail.com. Or, easier thing to do,
1: just go to our new
0: Facebook page, Fradhouse Sports. Go to that, hit us up, hit us with a message, send us your email address, yep. and we'll make sure you get an exclusive invite to our <coughs> league. All right? It's a lot of fun. I live for this shit. Downright, I do. Uh, <laughs> it's a lot more fun to follow the tournament when you've got your own bracket and you're going to want to jump in on that, but here's the deal.
2: And you're taking shots. You only have a couple more
0: days to jump in on that. So make sure if you're hearing me say this now, don't wait. Drop us your email right now.
2: Yeah. All right. I do a ceremonial shot for every bracket loss. buster I get,
0: every loss. Yes. If it's every loss, wow! All right, let's stick with uh, let's stick with uh, basketball for just a couple of moments, and let's go take a look at pro basketball. Uh, we're just under 20 games now remaining in the NBA season, yep. and let's take a look at uh, where the divisions are lining up. Have we had any major changes? Nope, nope. not at all. Uh, in fact, in some cases, what you're actually seeing is you're starting to see the leaders now really starting to put some distance in there. Um, and so let's run around real quick and take a look at where we stand, and we'll do this one real quick. Over in the Atlantic Division, the New York Knicks are still leading there, 6-4 uh, and four in their last hand. Uh, however,
2: not one of those teams putting any distance on I was going to say, the Brooklyn Nets
0: have <laughs> gained a little big round on this week. They're just a game and a half in front of the Brooklyn Nets. Over in the Central Division, the Indiana Pacers, 7-3 and three in their last hand, five games now in front of the Chicago Bulls. Can we say anything more about the Miami Heat now who are 20-0 and 0 in their last 20? Um, uh, incredibly, 14 and a half games in front of the, the Atlanta Hawks. you got to feel bad almost for the Atlanta Hawks at this point.
2: And, having to sit in that division. And as I just recently found out, they are the first team to clinch. Yes, they, they, they are. Clinched yes. The, yes. They That's, clinched in the In fact, foil. they
0: clinched the other day, uh, I want to say it was either uh, it was either Monday or Wednesday. It was one of those days because uh, uh, Jonathan brought it up on Fan Junkies Radio. Um, over in the Northwest, the Oklahoma City Thunder, 8-2 and two in their last 10. And they are four and a half games in front of the Denver Nuggets. Pacific Division, uh, it's still the Clippers. Uh, eight games in front of the Golden State Warriors. And in the Southwest, the San Antonio Spurs are, uh, they slipped a little bit this past week, 6-4 and four in their last 10. There are uh, only four games now in front of the Memphis, Memphis Grizzlies. Now, just for, just for the fun of it, since we are only now 20 games or so from the playoffs, let's take a look at the division leaders uh, currently in the East and how, how the East right now, what would happen if the playoffs, uh, what, you know, who would be the other teams that would make the playoffs? Aside from the division leaders, right now, playoff contenders would include the Brooklyn Nets, Chicago Bulls, Boston Celtics, Atlanta Hawks, and the Milwaukee Bucks. In the West, it would be the Memphis Grizzlies. Denver Nuggets, Golden State Warriors, Houston Rockets. And look here, number eight. How about the L.A. Lakers, who have battled their way all the way back to relevance. Again, one more time, in the plows. How about that one? But, could be Brian out for, it looks like, uh, maybe a couple of games with that uh, injury from last night. All right. Listen, we're not quite done with basketball just yet uh, for this week. New feature we're going to roll out here real quick. Um, Love these features. You like these? Yeah, you like doing these? Yeah, they're kind of fun. They're something features. different. Some, something different. So I think I and decided uh, last week that what we would do is we'd take a look at the best and worst sporting events or moments that have occurred in our lifetime. Preferably ones perhaps maybe that we've seen ourselves. And so in recognition of the NCAA tournament beginning this week, we thought what would be uh that this would be a good time, uh, to take a look at what we feel were the greatest moments in our lifetime or that we witnessed in basketball. And so I'm gonna start it off. What do you got? Sidekick, what's your greatest moment? I know you're such a big basketball official. Yeah. Well, you know I know, I know, I'm joking.
2: But there was one that actually stuck out to me, um, you know that i i witnessed i remember you know ev- was very prominent
1: uh-huh.
2: um that i remember and that was uh the 95 through 98 uh Chicago Bulls on their second uh three peak yep uh and obviously second because they did it from 91 to 93 yep. and then they followed you know Jordan retired they followed it up with the uh with the second one mm-hmm. from uh 96 98 or 95 96 season 96 through 98. Yeah, right. Um, and during the second three-peat, uh, they had a 72-10 and 10 record, which mm-hmm. is the best record so far in NBA history. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jordan uh, got the triple crown. He was the MVP for the regular season, the all-star game, and for the finals. Wow. Um, additionally, Jordan Pippen and Rodman uh, were elected to the all-defensive first team They're the only team in NBA history to have three players uh, elected to the uh, all-defensive first team. And, you know, looking back at it, you know, yes, you had Rodman that was kind of a loose cannon and stuff. But what made the Bulls so good was that there was not a lot of this what you see now in basketball with LeBron James and, you know, some of these, you know, Kobe's where it's, it's me, 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 mm-hmm. you know, the bulls played as a team. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, you talk about Jordan and Pippen and then you talk about the bench that they, that the bulls had during that time and they all played well together. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's my, well, you know, it's interesting because back particularly in the later
0: nineties, when all of that was going on, when their second repeat, as you refer to it as, uh, their second three beat, um, you know, a lot of the comparisons were being made, and of course I remember those uh, years, the 80s years of the L.A. Lakers. And a lot of comparisons were being made of the Bulls to the Lakers. And when you take a look at what the Bulls did there in the 90s, during that, that entire decade of the 90s, hmm. you've you got to think to yourself, this could probably never be repeated again. To have right. one team win six championships within a period of basically eight years yep. is absolutely incredible. And as you point out, it's such a me-centered league anymore that I don't know if it's even possible that you would see that sort of thing. So it it truly is amazing in that respect. I also do think that it – you know, you hear so many comparisons today to, you know, LeBron, Kobe, Jordan. I mean, seriously – there's um, no uh, conversation. No. It's Jordan, man. Really?
2: Yeah, I I I'm with you. I mean, you know, I I'm I'm a I'm a, I'm a little bit of a MVP. LeBron I'm a little bit of a LeBron hater. Yeah. And I, no, and I, I you know, just because it's it's the me center, you know. Yeah. Is the whole my is yeah. my issue, you know. The the show You know, saying, hey, I'm leaving Cleveland and I'm going to Miami.
0: Yeah.
2: Come on, get over here. Well, you know, people
0: say, well, you know, uh, LeBron would have to win three more championships in order to be put into the same category with Michael Jordan. It would seem to me you'd have to win five, wouldn't you? He had six. You'd have to win five. So, I I don't know. Not to
2: mention all the awards and (laughs) stuff that Jordan accrued over that.
0: that, Michael Jordan was, without a doubt, the greatest basketball player in, in my lifetime for sure. All right. So where would Mayan go? Well, let me you know, I seriously considered, I'm going to tell you, talking NBA championships. I seriously considered making it the 1983 NBA championship where my Philadelphia 76ers did away with the uh LA Lakers 4 games to nothing in the finals. Uh I, but the more I kind of thought about it, the more I had to go to the NCAA, which I really considered to be the purest form of basketball. And I'd have to jump the calendar up then two years to 1985 and the astounding Roly Massimino-led Villanova Wildcats NCAA championship against John Thompson's Georgetown Hoyas in 1985. Now, I've got to state this right out front. I'm not a Villanova fan and wasn't then. But they were the last Philadelphia team standing in the NCAA uh, uh, tournament. And so I ended up obviously like a lot of Philadelphians rooting for them. And to consider that they entered what was, and think about this one for a, while, for a moment, 1985 was the first NCAA 64-team NCAA tournament. That's, that was the first one, 1985. Um, they entered that as a number eight seed, and it, it, it's truly amazing. No one expected them to do what they did. On the road to their final, they beat Dayton, Michigan, Maryland, North Carolina, Memphis State, and finally Georgetown by a score of 66-64. to 64. Six teams from R- Roley Massimino's team in uh, that 1985 team uh, were later drafted in the uh, NBA. They included Ed Pinckney, Dwayne McLean, Gary McLean, uh, Harold Priestley, Chuck Eversley, uh, Everson, and uh, Harold Jensen all made it into the NBA uh, in subsequent years. Uh, now, if I could only have a chance Before I depart to see my LaSalle Explorers do something similar, uh, that
1: would become the greatest ever, truly.
0: But to me, it was just exciting to watch that Villanova team. Because with each round that went through, all of us, I think many of us right here in the Philadelphia area, even Villanova fans were saying, oh, okay, this is going to be the one that's going to knock them off. Oh, okay, they're going to lose this one. I mean, I will never forget the round when they went up against North Carolina. Nobody thought that they were going to beat North Carolina. And, you know, to move forward as they did. Just an absolutely incredible uh, uh, event that occurred. And I make that my greatest basketball event. Okay. So there's our greatest. Now what we're going to do is we're going to turn the table in two weeks. uh, Sidekick and I will bring you our worst. That's coming up in two weeks. Worst basketball event or moment in our lifetime, uh, perhaps maybe that we witnessed, but it's got to be with our lifetime, uh, and we'll be bringing that to you in two weeks, as I said. Now, in the meantime, here's what I'm going to ask you to do: let us know what your worst uh, is, your worst basketball event that you've ever witnessed in your lifetime. The way to do that: get over to our Facebook page. How do you find that simple? Frat House Sports. Go to Frat House Sports. Let us know what your worst basketball
2: moment that you witnessed was or let us know what your favorite was
0: yeah you can do Um, that too jump in and let us know what your favorite is if you want to respond to this one absolutely because
2: we'll be posting the show up there so yes we will let it you know go ahead and tell us what you think you're you're
0: right hey do you think it was do you think it was that chicago bulls run or perhaps maybe villanova or maybe even another ncaa championship all right, let's go over and take a look at one more sport. Actually, two more sports we got to take a look at real quick here, and uh, that's the shortened 48-game season that's going on right now in the NHL. Uh,
2: yes, the worst. <laughs>
0: uh, and we're just about 20 to uh, anywhere between 23, 20, 23 games remaining for most teams. Uh, we're already hearing about some teams where uh, it's actually looking like their seasons might be over. Let's take a look at who's in. Well, and
2: that was...
0: who's in and who's in trouble. And we'll start it off with our division leaders who are not in trouble at all. These are the division leaders. Pittsburgh Penguins right now are leading the Atlantic Division, seven points now ahead of the New Jersey Devils over in the Northeast. The Montreal Canadiens just looking better and better every single day, with 40 points, and they're now three points ahead of the Boston Bruins. In the Southeast, the Carolina Hurricanes continue to hold in there, three points ahead of the Winnipeg Jets. The Chicago Blackhawks, uh, well, they did lose. Uh, they had two losses in a row, and so that streak is over. But nonetheless, they are now 15 points ahead of a new second-place team out there in the Central, and that's the St. Louis Blues. In the Northwest, uh, Northwest, you've got the Vancouver Canucks, uh, who are two points ahead of the Minnesota Wild. That's a very tight race that's going on right there. Uh, Vancouver with 30 points. In the Pacific Division, rather quietly, the Anaheim Ducks, have amassed the second-best record in the entire NHL, 41 points. They're now 11 points ahead of the Los Angeles Kings. Quiet team, that Anaheim Ducks team. Might just be one of the better teams. In fact, they are one of the better teams on record uh, right now in the NHL. If the playoffs, what does what do the playoff picture look like right now at this point in the East, as we did with the NBA? Let's take a look at that real quick. Aside from our division leaders, also in would be the Boston Bruins, the Ottawa Senators, Toronto Maple Leafs, New Jersey Devils, and New York Rangers. In the West, playoff-bound teams would be the Los Angeles Kings, St. Louis Blues, Phoenix Coyotes, Detroit Red Wings, and Minnesota Wild. Okay, there you have it. That's our frozen pond report. No longer any more streaks going on there. Um, maybe with the exception, of, I don't am my Pittsburgh Penguins fans coming back at me? Uh, Pittsburgh right now does have a six-game winning streak, so I don't want to leave them out because I know I'll get some nasty mail from them. Uh, we have a uh, UFC event coming up uh, this weekend. We sure uh, do. Guys, let's hear your lovely voice since you had <laughs> nothing to say on the last segment. Yep. <laughs> Give us an update got, on that.
2: We got UFC uh, 158 coming up this weekend. Uh, I'm actually super excited about this because I can't wait to see the the, the title match uh, in this one. Uh, so we have uh, the uh, UFC uh, 158 uh, at the Bell Center in Montreal. Right. It will be the welterweight champion, George St. Pierre, GSP, mm-hmm. uh, going up against uh, Nick Diaz.
0: I appreciate you giving me the clarification on that. I had no idea what GSP was. I thought he was fighting against a robot or uh. something.
2: Yeah, no, no, no. Diaz
0: is fighting a robot.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's George George Saint Pierre. Like I said, he's the uh, current uh, welterweight champion. Okay. Uh, They these two were actually supposed to fight back in uh, I believe it was like UFC 137 about three years ago. Uh, Nick Diaz no showed the pre-fight conference, um, and so he was tossed out. Uh, Was it a disqualified match? No, no, no. It wasn't disqualified. they found a new opponent uh oh. for GSP and he then uh hurt himself and wound up not being able to be in it. Okay. So they uh Nick Diaz wound up fighting B J Penn. Um, Nick Diaz is a little bit of a loose cannon, I guess. Uh you know, he's you know, he's gotten caught a couple times smoking, you know, smoking a little bit of the pot. Has uh, a tendency sometimes not show up. A little less refined. Uh, as a matter of fact, they had the, the conf, uh, pre pre fight press conference today. You know, mm-hmm. GSP is in there in his suit. You know, and all looking, you know, all spiffy and everything, like several of the other guys on the card. And then you got, you know, Nick Diaz in his hoodie. You know, looking like uh, Bill Belichick. Uh, <laughs> so anyway. Oh so, so this is there's bad blood boiling between these guys. Gotcha. So this I th- I think this is gonna be a great you're fight. You're looking forward there's, to this one. I got yes, it. Right. There there's gonna be a lot of uh animosity in this fight. Uh, you know, you're gonna see a lot of blood, rearranged faces, you know, good stuff. Uh also on the card got a little bit got sidetracked there. Uh we have got Carlos Condit uh versus Jim Johnny Hendricks, who Johnny Hendricks, I think should have gotten a shot before Nick Diaz. I if if GSP wins this, the next champion welterweight champion match I think needs to be Johnny Hendricks. I mean this guy his KOs are just amazing mm-hmm. when he knocks people out. Um also on the card is Jake Allenberger uh versus uh Nate Morquot. Uh Nick Ring versus Chris Kmozi. And Mike Ritchie from last season's Ultimate Fighter, he was the runner-up. Uh, he's fighting Colin Fletcher. That will be at 10 p.m. Saturday night. Pay-per-view. On um, pay-per-view. pay-per-view.
1: Right.
0: Alrighty, there's our UFC. I told you it was a packed program. We got everything in there. I can't believe it. One more thing, though, we got to do real quick. We got to do our Bradhouse House Facebook post of the week, which will not change despite the fact we changed the name. It's still going to be a frat house Facebook post week. Most viewed post uh, this past week was one that I put up uh, pre-NFL free agency uh, when the uh, Baltimore Ravens uh, just began their Marlins-like uh, version of uh, their fire sale by trading Anquan Bolden to the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, I asked the question, uh, is this a fair trade? Did the Baltimore Ravens undersell Anquan Bolden, uh, simply a sixth round pick? For the San Franci- from the uh, San Francisco 49ers, uh, well, it was the most viewed, and it got uh, numerous comments. Uh, so you can bet uh, there's going to be plenty of new posts coming, uh, particularly as we go through the next two, two and a half, three weeks of March Madness. And so that's why you got to get over there and make sure you are jumping in on our Facebook page. Keep the posts coming. Make comments yourself. Jump in on comments that are already there okay that's our show for this week before we do that let's uh give a couple of shout outs real quick first of all fanjunkies.net make sure you get over there and like yep. them as well join up free social media all right get over there and join in on that it's very easy to do just takes a couple minutes to sign up for that and it's completely free fan Junkies radio Jonathan and i are going strong had a couple of great great programs uh uh, just this, uh, just the other day, we had a, another program that went right through the roof. Uh, uh, you know, terrific guests we've got coming up all the time. So make sure you're tuning into that over on Blog Talk Radio Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 12 noon, and then I'm on on Saturdays uh, with this program at 3 o'clock Eastern time. So I'll be there again this Saturday. Yes. Herb FM uh, Sports. Uh, They're broadcasting us tomorrow night
2: from 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern Time.
0: And so you get to hear a full hour of five minutes at the Frat House. They're broadcasting from out of the Baltimore region. Uh, But you can hear it if you've got the Internet, you can hear it. Herbfm.com. That's how you get to them. clw83.com, my buddies uh, Carl and Jim over there. Uh, They're constantly rebroadcasting all the Fan Junkie stuff. And if you're rebroadcasting Fan Junkies, then you get five minutes at the Frat House because that comes on Fan Junkies on Saturday. Uh, So we got everybody doing it, as I pointed out before. And, of course, then, fridehousesports.net, our own website. So get out there and check that out, as we're bringing everything together now. All right? Yep. All right. That's our show for this week. It was a jam-packed one. Next week, you can expect very similar, as we're going to be looking at the first week of March Madness, and you know I'm going to be all over that one. All right, in the meantime, you know what you got to do. you got to keep us real, you got to keep us live, and you got to keep us going. we we'll next week.
1: Going to get a little
2: get pull out out of the Carl Edwards is taking fifth from Jimmy Johnson, as here we go on the last lap. Three cars ahead, the first of which is Casey Mears. And they'll continue before the start. Get down, line. down, down. I
0: Back out, man. got out,
1: buddy. Bring it to the line here.
0: Clear by three.
1: Can you believe you're driving, holding off Casey yeah, three Kane, and you're telling this spotter what you
2: need? Okay, looks to the, line, the inside. Light the, the light light candles. Yes, Happy birthday, words, Matt Kinsley. Matt Woo! Heck
1: yeah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a <laughs> huge win. Thank
2: you, Cliff. Thank you so much. Thank you, everybody. Man, thanks for picking up the stops, man. Awesome. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for putting me here. Thank you.
0: Alrighty, righty, there you go, and that's uh, 5 Minutes at the Frat House number 80. Uh, again, you can find that one quite easily. Just go over to YouTube, type in 5 Minutes at the Frat House, and you will find all of our productions right there. Uh, if there's anything that you heard in that particular program that you uh, perhaps would like to make a comment about, please do not hesitate to give me a holler. 347-237-5373. I will hang here. With as long as you care to participate uh, and chat with me, I will talk to you about anything going on in the world of sports, anything you heard there on Five Minutes at the Proud House, anything perhaps maybe I brought up uh, at uh, the beginning of the show, uh, back at three o'clock, back in the three o'clock hour, anything perhaps maybe you heard uh, Brother Mark bring to us. Um, And speaking of uh, some things that Brother Mark uh, brought to us, uh, he had mentioned that the uh nascar nationwide series race was ongoing and that he had been following that one from where he was there in new jersey and in fact that race has now concluded kyle bush in fact did win that particular race kyle has got the uh, poll for tomorrow's sprint cup race uh down in bristol tennessee as well so uh we'll have to wait and see whether that in fact works his way in his favor uh for tomorrow's race bring you up to date on uh, a couple other scores uh that I had brought to you uh just about an hour a little bit over an hour ago uh when we started the program here uh over in the NHL now finals uh the Boston Bruins have in fact uh, defeated the Washington Capitals 4 to 1 Pittsburgh Penguins shut out uh they shut out the Rangers uh 3 to nothing a little bit surprising there I didn't expect the Rangers to get shut out like that one uh the uh currently ongoing right now second period the Sabres are up on top of the Ottawa Senators 2 to 1 uh there's about 9 maybe 10 minutes left in the second uh, period of that particular game uh the Minnesota Wild uh up on top of the Colorado Avalanche 4 to 2 uh that game as well in the second period with about 11 minutes remaining in the second period there uh later on uh this evening, as I pointed out earlier, you got a whole bevy of, of uh NHL games that are uh upcoming. Uh the Jets, uh Winnipeg Jets will be playing the Maple Leafs, the Canadians uh visit the uh Devils, Hurricanes will be uh playing against the Lightning, Coyotes versus the uh Columbus Blue Jackets, New York Islanders uh playing the uh Carolina Panthers, Anaheim Ducks and the St. Louis Blues. There's a uh interesting matchup right there. Not quite sure how that one's gonna turn out. Albeit I would probably pick the Ducks. Chicago Blackhawks uh will be up against the uh Dallas Stars. Uh Red Wings against the Canucks and then the uh the Nightcap, I guess if you want to call it that. Ten thirty uh this evening, um, because it's a Pacific game. Uh the San Jose Sharks will be playing the LA Kings. All right, and those are the games that are going on right now in the NHL, uh, plus upcoming ones as well. Over in um, the NCAA conference tournaments, uh, I had brought you some finals earlier, and I had brought you some games that were in progress. Well, these games now are finals in the Atlantic 10 uh, conference tournament. St. Louis, in fact, did advance in the A 10 conference tournament uh, by beating Butler. Uh, 67-56. Good for you, St. Louis. I'm glad to see that. St. Louis is ranked number 16 in the nation. Um, uh, Wow. How about this one? This is a final Big Ten tournament. Wisconsin ranked number 22. Took out number three ranked Indiana. 68-56. And as I was pointing out earlier, Mike Krzyzewski... From the Duke Blue Devils said, hey, in this particular time, on this particular year, anything could happen. And there you go again. There goes number three ranked, Indiana. And I had just been touting them as a potential, um, you know, number one seed in uh, the bracket coming up for tomorrow's Selection Sunday. My goodness, is this going to change anybody's mind over there on the Selection Committee Uh, Tomorrow, the fact that number three Indiana went down to number twenty-two Wisconsin today, and Wisconsin advances in the Big Ten tournament. Over in the ACC, going on these games are currently ongoing. Over in the ACC, you got about two minutes, about two and a half minutes left in this particular matchup between Maryland and North Carolina. Right now, North Carolina is ahead of Maryland thirty-three to twenty-four, and that's in the first half. In the SEC. Vanderbilt and old Miss tied up right now at 26-26, and that is at the end of the first half. In the a 10 conference, uh, number 11 ranked VCU, they are. Or I'm sorry, number 25 five ranked, they are the number 25th ranked VCU. Uh, Virginia Commonwealth right now are losing to UMass uh, 18-11. That uh, is very early right now in the first half. And in the Big Ten tournament right now ongoing, uh number eight ranked Michigan uh state is uh currently on top of uh number ten ranked Ohio state eight to six. All right, and so those are the live games that are going on right now. Wow, that Indiana game is uh that's a that's a big, big upset. Uh you're gonna be hearing some ripples on that one as we go through the day today. I I, I can bet. Uh, I don't even need to go look at the blogs to know that you're going to get some comments being made about that one uh, and how that's going to affect things tomorrow as we go through Selection Sunday at 7 p.m. on CBS Sports. Now, as you heard there in our most recent uh, five minutes at the Frat House, I want to extend to all of you, uh, all the listeners out there, uh, any of our friends, any of our fans of Fright House Sports, uh, the opportunity – Uh, Trust me, folks, Uh, you know, I've been following college basketball, well, since I was in college, because I came from a college basketball school, so I've been following college basketball for, oh, well, I don't even care to tell you how many years, Uh, but uh, it's been decades, let's let's put it that way. I've been following college basketball for a long, long time, and uh, it's always a lot more fun when you, in fact, do participate by filling out your own bracket, making your pre-selection predicts in advance. Trying to guess who, in fact, is going to, you know, win it, win from one bracket to the next, and then ultimately end up in the final four. Uh, who's going to end up, you know, in the final two? Who's going to win the ultimate NCAA championship? It's always a lot of fun, and it makes it very, very exciting and, 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 uh, you know, just a lot more enjoyable. And I think it makes it a lot more enjoyable as well, uh, particularly for folks who might be just peripheral fans of college basketball perhaps maybe you're just following from kind of afar you check in on uh, what's going on in sports and you hear uh, some things that are going on perhaps maybe you've got people around you that follow uh, particular teams and so you you're, you're you know you're a peripheral fan uh i've taken many peripheral fans and turned them into bigger fans at this particular time of year uh simply by getting them to fill out a bracket and so we invite all of you to jump in on a private league, and that's the Frat House Sports uh, Bracket Challenge. Um, And that is open now for anybody that would like to get involved. Now, in order to get involved in it, you have to be invited. But it's very, very simple to get an invite. All you got to do is go over to our new Facebook page. Very, very easy to find now. Because, as you heard in uh, this week's five minutes at the Frat House, we made some changes to our Facebook page. We change the name of it to match our website. And so the Facebook page, simply now, all you got to do, just go out, type it in, search it on, if you're on Facebook, search it in, type in frat house sports. All right, leave spaces in between, frat space, house space sports, frat house sports. Find the page, give it a like. Now, once you give it a like, all you got to do is message us. Message us with your email address, and I will make sure that an exclusive invite gets sent to you immediately. Inviting you to our private league, the Frat House Sports uh, Bracket Challenge League. You can jump in on that. And then after tomorrow night at 7 o'clock, we're going to know what the bracket is. You're going to be able to go in and make your pre-selections on the NCAA tournament. Now, I believe the tournament will start. It's either going to start Tuesday or Wednesday. I forget exactly which date, but you're going to have those couple of play-in games because it's now a field of 68. So we're going to have a couple of play-in games, and I forget whether they start on Tuesday or whether they start on Wednesday. I actually believe they start on Tuesday. I believe there are two on Tuesday and then two on Wednesday. (coughs) Excuse me. And then that sets the field for the final field of 64, and then that will kick up in earnest on Thursday. And it's wild, absolutely wild games will be starting off probably in and around 12.30 in the afternoon, and you'll have three and four games all going on simultaneously. And you can bet the frat house, the frat house is insane at that particular time. We have all three TVs going, plus we have three and four computers all going simultaneously with all of those games, which will be streaming live from CBS Sports. So it's, it's an, when you talk March Madness, there is nothing crazier than the first full weekend of the NCAA Tournament, and that's why I love it so, so much. Jump in on our Frat House Sports Bracket Challenge. Easy to do. Go to our Facebook page, type in Frat House Sports, find it, give it a like, send us a message, I'll get you an invite right away. All right? There you have it. And that also kind of gives away my announcement about the fact that we did change our Facebook page, but there you've got it. you know you're up to date with that, Facebook page, get your friends and uh, your friends and your, your neighbors and your family to all like the frat house page as well. We're constantly putting posts and updates up there all the time. If you go and take a look at that, once you go in and take a look at it, you're going to see we're and this, you know it's not a it's not a regional thing. We're not doing like Philadelphia just Philadelphia stuff, you know, or uh, you know Sidekick is from St. Louis. We're not just putting up St. Louis. It's national. Anything that's related to anything going on in sports, you know, all sports, all the time, anywhere across the country, jump in and take a look at that. Uh I want to throw out a uh I want to throw out a plug as well for my good good buddy uh Jonathan, uh who if you listen to Fan Junkies Radio uh here on Monday, Wednesday and Friday at twelve noon uh Eastern time, you know that Jonathan and I have our regular Fan Junkies radio program here. Uh, and in a couple of moments, I'm going to give you a couple of things that I'm going to be uh, that we're going to be doing on that one shortly. But uh, fanjunkies.net, you want to go over to that. That's social networking, um, and you can sign up for that completely free. It's a lot of fun. It's just for it's just geared towards for uh, sports folks. That's it. That's all it is. It's just a bunch of us sports nuts getting together in a social media format, very much like the old old Facebook completely free Fanjunkies.net. Uh fan Junkies radio monday wednesday friday as i pointed out at 12 noon eastern time uh jonathan and i have some terrific guests coming up this week kerry frazier former nhl referee will be on with us on monday yeah uh, you know now some of you who might be old-time nhl folk might remember kerry frazier uh often maligned uh, somebody that we used to scream at a lot. <laughs> yeah, he's actually going to be on with us and talking about his days in the NHL. That should be a lot of fun. Terry Frazier will be on with us on Monday, uh, former NHL referee, on Monday. Uh, you can catch that right here on Fan Junkies Radio Network at 12 noon. On Wednesday, we're going to have Lee Klein. Lee is a tremendous NCAA college basketball analyst we've had him on before uh he runs a a number of different uh five-star basketball camps um does does some great work great work with with uh with the youth in basketball but he is also a tremendous analyst when it comes to the uh when it comes to college basketball and uh, with wednesday being the day right before the ncaa the real ncaa tournament begins before the field of 64 begins Uh, We thought that was quite an appropriate time to bring uh, Lee Klein in. Uh, I think you're going to enjoy it. If you're a college basketball nut like I am, uh, you might want to wait until you actually make those final predicts uh, on your bracket until after you listen to that show. Because I'm sure Lee is going to have some tremendous insight. I mean, it was Lee that told me, uh, it, it has to be six, seven, eight weeks ago when we had him on, it was Lee that said to me, watch Gonzaga, watch Gonzaga. And at that particular time, Gonzaga was ranked number eight in the nation. And look where they are right now. They're ranked number one. So Wednesday, we got Lee Klein coming on. Um, and then we've got uh, – and I are, are working out and getting multiple guests, uh, all kinds of guests coming up, uh, some NHL guests coming up uh, as well in subsequent weeks. So do not forget Fan Junkies Radio Monday, Wednesday, and Friday – right here on Blog Talk Radio, right here on the Fan Junkies Radio Network. We introduced a brand-new program last Thursday, and that was Sports Blogger. Sports Blogger Radio on Thursday evenings at 8 p.m. Brand-new program uh, started two weeks ago, actually, uh, with our good buddies uh, John Leary and Scott Blooney from uh, the uh, New England region, and they're bringing us everything that you'd want to know about New England sports. Particularly Boston, Boston Celtics, Boston Red Sox, New England Patriots. Uh, what am I missing? I'm missing something in there. Uh, it, it, these these guys, it's incredible. I've I've they really really know. If there's something to be known about uh, you know uh, Boston sports, these guys know it and they know it right off the top of their head. I'm I'm I was I'm amazed. I don't know how they keep that much stuff in their head when it comes to Boston. When it comes to Boston, excuse me, Boston sports you got to give them a listen, and they are on at 8 p.m. on Thursdays right here on the Fan Junkies Radio Network. That's Sports Blogger Radio. I hope I'm pronouncing that right today, uh, guys. Let me know. I'm sure you will on the next show if I didn't get that quite right. You know, i got this Philadelphia accent going. You guys got that, you know, park the car thing going up there in uh, New England. So I'm sure that uh, my good buddies Scott and John will let me know if I don't have that quite right. We're going to get them both on, too, on our Fan Chunkies radio program, so uh, that will be a lot of fun. Uh, okay, and many, many thanks, please, as well to uh, my buddy, Jonathan Regas, for giving me the time here uh, with you, as we've been doing now for uh, darn near close to three months uh, here on Saturday afternoons with our Frat House Saturdays. Um, ask you to please make sure you go out, uh, like uh, our Facebook page, which is Frat House Sports. Go out Take a look at our website, which is frathousesports.net. Uh, and if you want to take a look at our uh, video productions, 80 weeks worth now, 80 straight weeks worth of 5 Minutes at the Frat House. You just go out to YouTube, type in 5 Minutes at the Frat House, you'll find all of those programs and productions. And I will be back here with you again, as I have been for the past number of weeks, next Saturday, right here at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. please. Make sure you go and uh, tell your friends, wake the neighbors, let the kids know, make sure they hang around, give me a call next week, and listen into to our Frat House Saturday here on Fan Junkies Radio Network. All right? All right. Well, I'm going to leave you with, uh, as I usually do, there's one more thing I'm going to ask you all to do for us, and that is I'm going to ask you to keep us real, keep us live, and keep us going, and I'll see you next week. Take care. Maybe you're a 49ers fan in Jacksonville or a Jets fan in Houston, and you're looking to connect with fellow fans from hundreds or thousands of miles away. Look no further than FanJunkies.net. FanJunkies.net is a social networking site dedicated to fans of every team and every league. Connect with baseball, football, basketball, and hockey fans from throughout the country and throughout the world. Get the latest news, take polls, and interact in live chats on game day. And best of all, it's absolutely free to join. Sign up today at FanJunkies.net. Fanjunkies.net,
1: where sports meets social networking.